When you come in on Monday and you're not feeling real well, does anyone ever say to you, sounds like someone has a case of the Mondays? What's the worst day of the week that gets us all depressed? M-O-N-D-A-Y-S-U-C-K-S Here comes more aggravation and a brand new week of stress. M-O-N-D-A-Y-S-U-C-K-S Monday sucks. Hey, 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 how's everyone doing out there in Geek Vibes Nation? This is your pal, Dane Alves, for another episode of Monday Suck, the bi-weekly show in which I just, you know, talk about stuff, uh, give my opinions. Um, we have a short show today. I uh, want to kind of get right into everything. So if you're new to listening, thank you for listening. Uh, you can listen to us live on Mondays. Uh, usually I post on our Facebook page um, what exactly time. Normally I try to do it for six. Today's a little different. Uh, but, yeah, that's when we do Monday Sucks, a blog talk at six usually. Sometimes I change it. And then you can also uh, listen to us on all other audio formats, Spotify, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all the big ones, guys. Just search us at Monday Suck or search Geek Vibes Nation, geekvibenation.com, which is the, uh, the parent company of us uh, that goes over all media. Uh, we cover an array of different news items on that website, including comic books, comic book movies, wrestling, sports, pretty much anything. If you got a geek boner, if you will, for certain subjects, we are your uh, Viagra, or Blue Chew, I guess is more of the modern uh, cool thing to say. Either way, new listeners, thank you so much, and let's, uh, let's you know, let, let me give a thanks to all of my uh, repeat listeners, appreciate you guys every single time, uh, but let's get into this stuff, guys. A couple things to break down, I want to give her some opinions of mine, um, I'm just solo today, so let me actually just finish this little monster so I don't have to bother you guys while drinking this continuously, it's a little bit left. Ah, I feel like Stone Cold chugging down a brewski at the end of a match. Anyways, apologize about that, I was trying to prep for the show, kind of put together last minute, but... I guess the first thing I kind of wanted to go into um, is talk a little bit about uh, the Joker and its continued success. Uh, it's now going over $700 million at the box office worldwide. Let me look up the exact amount on Box Office Mojo. Uh, box Office. But it's a juggernaut right now. Three or $737.5 million. I mean, it's killing every record as far as uh, October releases, as far as non-summer releases, as far as Ray Vidar releases. So, I mean, it's extremely impressive, and I think the film deserves it. I really do. I think it's a very well-directed film from Mr. Todd Phillips, and uh, I'm very, very happy about the outcome of it. Um you know, I, I think the film is very important. I, I, I talked about this last time that we were on the air, 
two weeks ago with my brother. We reviewed the movie. And uh, just the the ability for, you know, Hollywood media or media in general to want this film to do bad to feed a narrative that's very false and quite ridiculous about this movie being an inspiration for uh, bad people. Um, I forgot what the stupid fucking overly liberal concept is. I think it's called incel, um, uh, which is basically like, you know, creepy ass white males that might be inter- or might be influenced by this and then go and do something. Um, I think that they've tried to throw every ridiculous statement. Um, and I'm just, uh, you know, for my liberal friends, I'm, I'm very, uh, it, it sucks. It's, it's very similar to kind of the eighties, uh, you know, how Tipper Gore, who was supposed to be supposed to be, you know, a democratic force, obviously wife of, uh, Al Gore, um, ex-vice president uh, for, for Bill Clinton, Democrat. And Tipper went after, you know, music uh, in the 80s and said, was trying to get parental advisory on that, going after metal, and that's hip-hop stuff, uh, you know, and just trying to act as if that could be a reason for someone to do bad things was by listening to this stuff. And let me just say, I think it's completely possible for anyone to get influenced by anything. Um, and I don't think that it's good that it seems like the American audience is desensitized to violence compared to a lot of other countries. But there's lots of other things that we should be talking about when considering something influencing you to do supreme acts of badness and, and, and evil. And not in the concept where people usually do the context of evil where – it's a supernatural concept, but more of the definition of evil. And that can be from someone that's not adequately mentally there um, and decides to approach the situation in a very dark, dark way by allowing their psyche to go down a certain path. And that's exactly what the Joker exploits is that concept, the classes uh, of people. And uh, this gentleman, Arthur Fleck, uh, who is a Joker, uh, spoiler warning, well, light, light spoilers. I'm not going to go really deeply into the um, the movie. If you want that, our last episode, we, 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 we dove right in. But light spoilers, that Arthur really wants to, at least at the beginning, just help his mom out, work at as a clown, be an entertainer, and fantasize in his head about stuff. And slowly stuff does not work out for him within society that kind of breaks him down and makes him what he becomes, and that is Joker. And by the end of it, you finally see that transformation with a lot of stuff happening, obviously, within it, including the gruesome scene with him and Robert De Niro uh, that I think a lot of people are responding to. The thing that, that's ridiculous to me, and a lot of people have brought this up, is that the level of violence that are depicted in movies like Deadpool, for instance, way more harsh, way more aggressive with it, way more lewd, if you will, you know, but – projection of what they're going for as far as it being much more of a comedy um it gets a pass obviously compared to something that's much more you know within real life um and actually a possibility of society now i think this you know and i've said this beforehand being bipolar um and not having a manic episode in probably over 10 years but knowing what it's like to go through manic depression obviously that's not the same thing as essentially what Arthur goes through because it seems like he has an array of mental illnesses, but 
one day, I feel like, <laughs> one day people with mental disorders will be heard. Um, uh, it might take a bunch of more negative situations to happen until we finally get a grasp on it. But when it comes down to people with it are trying to live their lives normally and try to become better parts of society and inevitably a lot of times just come to darkness and just, you know, take themselves out of the situation because they can't deal with it. You know, those people I think will be heard and um, we'll start realizing that the brain, just like any body part, just like if your pancreas has an issue with being able to build proper amount of, uh, wow, why, why am I blanking on this? I'm basically trying to talk about diabetes, but um, insulin, being able to control the amount of insulin to be able to break down uh, the sugars either, you know, unevenly. That's, that's very, I mean, just like a lot of different body parts have certain things like that. Your brain providing enough serotonin correctly through the flow of it to be able to maintain, you know, mental stability, that is a normal thing. And people that are not trying to get help, a lot of them don't think that it's acceptable to go and try to find help or if it's out there a lot of people don't believe <laughs> a lot of people don't believe mental disorders even exist and it's a sad concept and it's sad where i feel like a lot of times in the past especially the 60s and early 70s that uh you know the left was there to maintain our freedom of speech um was maintained to stick up for certain aspects of that and uh, now it seems like it's kind of changed in a very large way. And I know this is going to be just report or just, just fuel, I should say, for conservatives to jump on the next time there's a shooting to say it was because of this movie. You guys all saw this coming. And I fucking – I hate that because really what it comes down to is us being controlled by fucking you know, media members and politicians, and that's no way to – live in existence and I think it's foolish and shameful for some of them to try to act like trying to exploit things like there was a man that was at the Joker's you know uh, thing and people felt uncomfortable and we didn't know why he was I'm sure all that type of stuff is going on but to exploit that and act like that's the norm to try to get your point across well over 700 million says otherwise so I apologize that you can't handle a movie about mental instability with a Joker type of concept on top of that, a package over it uh, to try to get more people. And I think Todd Phillips, the director, is brilliant on that. Uh, one thing I found really uh, just um, kind of crazy is uh, this whole Jared Leto thing. Uh, beforehand, I will say that unlike a lot of people that just hate on someone without no, having an adequate amount of knowledge about really anything, I found out you know, through throughout the years, the biggest critics and certain actors getting uh, put in these uh, comic book films as certain characters, or even like say, you know, just like wrestling fans. It, it, it seems like if you know less about the actual wrestling itself, or or the performers themselves, or you know, you don't you don't have everything up to date, or with movies especially, you don't know directors, or you don't know actors, you don't really try to even go by the acting within your head. You just kind of make a comment uh, based on whoever um, without knowledge. I, that, that really fucking irritates me. And um, I think for the most part, that is the problem with a lot of people when it came to Jared Leto playing the Joker. They didn't know that he was 
off the win of an Oscar for Dallas Buyers Club, which he was incredible in. And I was saying at the time, and I'm still saying now for the other one, either Jared Leto or Jake Gyllenhaal for the Joker. Um, Jared Leto ended up getting it. Now, the creation that him and uh, the director, David, um, man, David Ayer, uh, came up with, not really appealing. The tattoos everywhere. I, I, I didn't mind the tattoos because it's modern society, and a lot of fucking people have tattoos, and he was supposed to be unhinged. So I didn't mind that. It was just some of the blatant ones, like the damage on his forehead. That that got a little bit much. I much more preferred, you know, the big dragon tattoo that Joker showed uh, that he had in uh, Batman and Robin from Frank Miller, uh, All Star Batman and Robin, if you will. Um, but you know, it was a new take on him. The movie itself only had ten minutes of the original screen time that he provided, and apparently there was a lot more scenes. And to hear how method he was on the set and pissing off actors by sending them, you know, dead pigs and, or used condoms, apparently, um, a, a pet rat, you know, I, I understand he was trying to get in character, but I hate to say that I believe people like Michael J. White and other people that were on the set for The Dark Knight that all these, oh, Heath Ledger was just, he, well, what happened was he just became mentally gone because of, uh, you know, prepping for this role. And like Michael J. White's like, no, he was pretty normal on set. I mean, there's pictures of him doing, you know, kickflips over Batman or, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, Christian Bale's stunt double while he was on the ground. I think a lot of that was made. I think that he did have demons, Heath Ledger. Um, I think that he did have personal issues. I, I, I don't doubt that. At all, um, I think that he had some issues with a divorce going on between him and Michelle Williams and their child and a lot of stuff. But drug addiction and depression, I think, are different than someone trying to believe that playing a character can make you unraveled and force you to go from point A to point B. I think there was a lot of stuff induced to that. So I think that Jared Leto trying to get in character for a movie that, I mean, let's let's be face it, it was going to be you know much more not a think piece. It's, it wasn't Batman's individual film. It was Suicide Squad. It was going to be kind of like a, you know, a rock star movie, a, an amusement park ride, as, as Martin Scorsese would say. And I'll, I'll get to that later on. But um, I just think that, you know, Jared wasn't given enough time on camera to show his version of the Joker and get us to appreciate it. He was kind of in and out. And they cut a lot of his stuff. Um, like I said, I don't think it was very necessary with some of the stuff to get him in character. Uh, method actor. But Jared Leto is a fucking method actor. I wonder how Joaquin Phoenix was on set because of how much he is a method actor as well. So I wonder if he sent any rodents to uh, Zazie Beats or something. I don't think he did. But, you know, there is that. Uh, but Jared Leto was pissed off, apparently, and tried to get, uh, you know, with legal reason, the Joker shut down, or at least him to be a part of it. Um, and he had good reason. I mean, it was within his contract, apparent, or or something about that. He was trying to get lawyers, and he ended up jumping agents because they couldn't do anything about it, because Warner Brothers was saying that he was going to get his own solo film, then they make this, then he puts two and two together. That's not going to happen. So he's pissed about this, and, you know... Obviously, they didn't want to use his version of it. So you have a lot of up in the air right now. We, we know DC is kind of a wreck. 
uh, with their movies as far as the continuity, which I don't think that they're trying to, you know, uh, really worry about um, when it's all said and done. I think that they're more or less trying to just do what they got to do, um, make great movies, and that's it. But if we were to kind of go by it, Joker is off its own continuity. Jared Leto's Joker is a part of what would be Birds of Prey coming out, um, Suicide Squad 2, the Aquamans, your Wonder Woman, and then you have Matt Reeves' Batman movies, which is another separate, you know, overall thing. That we don't know if there's going to be any type of crossover. We know that Joaquin Phoenix originally said, and the reason why he turned down Lex Luthor for BVS and definitely Doctor Strange, uh, he didn't want to do multiple pictures. He wanted to be a part of this huge universe. But he said that Todd Phillips wants to do a second Joker. I mean, the writing's on the ceiling for that. I don't know how you go about doing that. I kind of would want that version to be the Joker to go against, you know, Robert Pattinson's uh, Batman. And I don't know what time exactly they're doing it. Um, But if this was the mid-80s that the Joker was a part of, and we saw Bruce as a – oh, well, spoiler, 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 real quick. Go a couple seconds ahead once again for stuff that happened in Joker. Uh, within Joaquin Phoenix, we know that Bruce is a young child within that. Probably, I don't know, going to be 8 to 10. I don't remember exactly what the hell he looked like. But, you know, if the rumors are true that they're going to keep the time period kind of ambiguous, but it might be somewhat 90s, um, there is a chance that we could see it. Like maybe a scene someone suggested. I think Christian Harloff on uh, Collider Live said that a buddy of his suggested, like, maybe he's going down in Arkham and he's trying to find – Paul Dano uh, as the Riddler, um, and he goes by, you know, Arthur Fleck, uh, which is just on, you know, a, a thing, a.k.a. the Joker. And that's all That's all you have to do, but I don't know if they want to do that. I already said that if they have another Joker, which I think would be ridiculous, but, hey, that's just how it works. I still think Jake Gyllenhaal, mostly because of Nightcrawler, would fucking kill that. And I really like him playing off of the amazing cast they have right now. Let's, you know, uh, I'll wrap up the Jared Leto stuff, and then we'll kind of talk about the cast uh, themselves, uh, who's been cast for the Batman for Matt Reeves. But Jared Leto, he was upset about everything. He thought that he basically kind of screwed, and it looks like he's not going to come back. So if they do have the Joker show up in a Suicide Squad which apparently he's not in the filming of that. Apparently there's a stunt double that kicks out Harley Quinn that looks like him. I don't know, without the Flash, honestly, or an event film, kind of like what they're doing with the television right now with Christ on a Fitted Earth, which looks fucking bonkers awesome, honestly. Um, they need to condense everything down, I would, I would assume, to kind of put everything back in the same universe. Or maybe the Joker can be separate. Maybe this Batman movie with Matt Reeves can be separate. Maybe if anything, they can be interwoven to do whatever time period. And if we want, maybe try to get Ben Affleck the next couple of years to come back. And that's going to be a part of the same universe that we see with Aquaman, Shazam, Wonder Woman, Birds of Prey, and all those. And I'm down for that too. I mean, the whole thing about DC is it's all about Elseworlds. Uh, It's all about a multiverse. So multiple stories is good. I disagree with Jared that he could kind of screwed on it, but him taking such a Offense to try to get the film shut down. That's uh, pretty big. <laughs> I don't know if this is going to piss him off from working with Warner Brothers in the future. I would assume not, but, um, you know, inevitably he kind of did get the short end of, a, of the stick. Uh, 
But I think his his look was very divisive. I thought his performance I liked. You know, I think a lot of people are are down against me on that, but I'll say the two best acted performances for the Joker, Heath Ledger, and now Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix is in a transition period to become the Joker. He's not really expressing that Joker, that madness from the comic books and the animated series that a lot of us know. Jack Nicholson was a gangster. A lot of people bitching about origin stories with the Joker, and it's like, did you not watch fucking Batman 89? Whatever. But he was a gangster, and it was a much more over-exaggerated version of it. Very, I would say that's the closest, without the gangster stuff, of him being, you know, working for the mob and shit like that, as Jack Napier. That's the closest they've depicted from probably the modern comic books. And I think that Mark Hamill's joke kind of borrowed off of that, and a lot of the comic books borrowed off of that from that time period. Cesar Romero was very old school golden age Joker, much more clowny and, and, and funny and, 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 and stuff like that. And like I said, Heath Ledger's was a very different interpretation, much more akin to the anarchy costume or anarchy concept than necessarily the chaos. Like he was much more about causing anarchy to fucking destroy the norm, if you will. Well, the Joker causes anarchy on accident, if you will. Uh, because of chaos. He doesn't give a shit. He's not even positioned or caring about certain things. So to me, we haven't really seen that Joker, that Mark Hamill Joker in live action form. God, if crisis brings us Mark Hamill with prosthetics looking like the Joker, and I'm going to, I'm going to friggin' just hatch pterodactyl, an egg, like a whole friggin' egg. And it's going to just go off into the distance. So, yeah. Um, Jared Leto, certain aspects of him, the unsettling part, the the madness, the manic, it did kind of remind me of the Joker depicted in the comic books. But his look overall and the lack of seeing him on screen didn't really help at all. So there's that. But Harley Quinn, you know, Marco Robbie's Harley Quinn needs a Joker. I just don't know how you swing it exactly um, unless you were to do some type of cleanup with the Flash. So, um it's an interesting concept, and I do feel bad for Leto, but maybe it's for the better. If he doesn't come back, you know, it seems like they're okay with Ben Affleck, Henry Cavill, Jared Leto, some of the staples of the DC extended universe, if you will. Um, and they're not as worried about trying to make sure all that's in order. I kind of hope that they just do like a JLA movie, just rename it JLA, kind of like what Grant Morrison did to it got, Justice League got watered down in comic books. It was great, and then it kind of got watered down, and then Grant Morrison in the 90s made JLA and made it much more big and cinematic and concept, and they can kind of take who they want, put them together in this comic book, have Robin Pattinson play Batman, have Gal Gadot play Wonder Woman, and just don't give fucking reason to the audience. Let the movie itself be the movie by itself. Or get them back. You know, they have lots of options, and I'm kind of happy about that. But speaking of which, you got Jeffrey Wright, who I think mostly is known for um, – what the hell's the name of that show? Now I'm going to have to look it up, guys. Sorry about that. Um, Jeffrey Wright. Wright. Okay. Um, oh, no, that's the wrong Jeffrey Wright. Dang it. Uh, Jeffrey, yeah, Jeffrey with a J, not Geoffrey. Um, Westworld. God, I couldn't think that. 
She's also in Casino Royale, The Goldfinch. She's been in a bunch of different stuff. Uh, but he's playing Commissioner Gordon, and I think that's brilliant. I think that he just gives me a Gordon vibe, um, and I think he's going to be great. Um, I'm really looking forward to him playing it. I've already I've already fan cast in my head that Zendaya would be perfect for Batgirl, for Barbara Gordon. I don't know if that's going to happen, or if they're even going to mention Barbara Gordon, or she'll even be around. I would assume probably has kids. You know, he's fifty three. In real life, uh, Jeffrey is. So if Gordon's 53 at this point, he'll probably have a daughter. But who knows exactly what will happen. I just think that Zendaya is awesome. She's a great actress. I'm liking that she dyed her hair red. Uh, I'm assuming a little bit for the Mary Jane role uh, for the third, or MJ, I should say. So I would love her to play this role. How about one of those people are like, oh, no, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal played Mysterio in the Spider-Man movie. Therefore, because of nerd standards, he can't play the Joker in Batman. No, if actors want to play in different movies, they can fucking do that. I, I don't have to have a completely different person. But Jeffrey Wright's awesome Commissioner Gordon. We have Zoe Saldana. No, not Zoe. Zoe Kravitz. Uh, beautiful Zoe Kravitz. Lenny Kravitz and Lisa Monet's uh, beautiful daughter who was in Dope. Uh, also when um, uh, what you call Pretty Little Lies, I think is the name of the show. I haven't watched it, but to know that she shares the screen with people like Laura Dern, with like Nicole Kidman, like Meryl Streep, and apparently sticks her ground um, as an actress is very intriguing. Uh, let me see. Zoe Kravitz. Big Little Lies. Okay, yeah, so I was right. Um. And her stepdad, who's uh, married to her mom, Lisa, is uh, Aquaman, Jason Momoa. So they're both in the, uh, the the superhero family, if you will. But yeah, she's a she's a great actress. I loved her in Dope. I'm glad she's getting even more experience with Big Little Lies. She's already, you know, she's already been in um, X Men, uh, which call it uh, what was the first one back, First Class. So she has some experience with superheroes, but she's gorgeous. And, and kind of like the Cassie Jeffrey Wright, if your fucking problem is her race for getting the role, then I just find you to be fucking just nonsensical. Like, Jeffrey looks like he could be Commissioner Gordon. Like, he definitely does. I mean, you know, if, if there was a fucking white guy that looked exactly like him face-wise and had a really dark tan, I don't think anyone would give a shit. So I, it's just a stupid concept. Who gives a fuck? If he can bring a great performance, that's all I care. And especially with Zoe, who I know that Lenny's, uh, you know, half half Caucasian, half black. Not that that really matters. They can fucking do whatever the god they want. Eartha Kitt in the original 60s, Adam West Batman, was African-American. Weird. Halle Berry, which because she was in Catwoman doesn't mean that she's a bad actress. It means that the director and the script and all that was terrible. She's also African-American, so it's not the first time. So quit freaking out over nothing. I don't have any sympathy for you. There's much more better things to bitch about, honestly. I love the diversity of a cast. I love good actors performing together. That's what I care about. The newest addition is Paul Dano, which sadly most people that, you know, don't keep up with film that much know him for just Girl Next Door, it seems. It's like, oh, yeah, that was the guy in the Girl Next Door, which I love Girl Next Door. Him, Neil Hirsch, the amazingly gorgeous Alicia Cuthbert, um, you know, it, it was a it was a fun little movie. It was kind of like uh, 
my generation's version of um, is it Dirty Dancing? No, not Dirty Dancing. Uh, the one with Tom Cruise. Uh, I can't think of it, but da, 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 a risky business. So it was kind of similar to that. But I mean, what you should know him for is Prisoners. There will be blood. Little Miss Sunshine. Twelve Years a Slave. Looper. Um, he was in a movie called Swiss Army Men with uh, Daniel Radcliffe, which was a very fucking strange ass movie. But you know, he did his thing in it. This actor has been getting better and better with his craft for years. Uh, Love and Mercy is another one where I believe he plays Brian Wilson uh, in it from the Beach Boys. Uh, I haven't seen it, but I've heard a lot of good things about it. I think he was nominated for an Oscar. So this guy is amazing. Apparently Jonah Hill was offered the role um, and didn't work out, but I love Jonah Hill. I think he's an incredible actor. I don't need him to come and play the Penguin. I was fine with him playing Riddler, if that was the case. Apparently, Seth Rogen was offered the role of uh, Penguin, which I don't see at all, but maybe that wasn't uh, – maybe that was a rumor. I'm just saying, like, call up Paul Giamatti. I think he'd be great. Um, let him get some – for that terrible Rhino performance in, Mar- in Amazing Spider-Man 2, which was not his fault. He was given direction by the director. Sorry, Mark Webb, you got to get blamed on certain things. Uh, but he would be incredible. Or if you want, like, an old, more sleazy version, Joe Pesci, you know? There's plenty of people that could play that role really well for the Penguin. But I like that they're they're taking this movie and they're kind of pretending as if this is a cast. Like, everyone's like, oh, no, Batman's going to have too many villains. And it's like, no, I think this is a cast. And this is going to show you the outline of all these characters, and they're more building it like a movie than like a comic book movie. So it's not like, all right, well, then there's designated two supervillains and there's one hero. No, I think that they're going to show you characters, and it's going to build the universe itself. So I'm completely down for that. I love Paul Dano. I think he's a great actor. Man, if you do in Jake Gyllenhaal as a Joker in this, whew, then do a little flash work, and then all of a sudden, you know, oh, what happened? And then Jake Gyllenhaal's with Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn, and it's all one. I'm just saying that would be pretty cool, pretty dope. Uh, But, yeah, that's pretty much everything with – you know, the Joker. Um, but I, I still think it, it's going to continue to be a juggernaut at the box office. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I kind of don't understand. It's kind of my transition. Um, why the person that helped Todd Phillips bring the Joker to Warner Brothers as a proposed concept for a movie um, a one Martin Scorsese, one of my favorite directors of all time, if not my favorite director of all time. It's pretty much a fight between him. See, the thing is, Marty's got my favorite film of all time, with Goodfellas. But that constantly battles in my head with Pulp Fiction and Quentin Tarantino. And Quentin Tarantino is an excellent writer as well as filmmaker. But every one of his films I haven't loved, you know, uh, there's there's stuff that just didn't work for me with Tarantino, and it's probably his last, not the last one, but the film before that. Um, I don't ten ways to die in the. I don't remember what the hell it was called. My brain's not working. I know people are screaming at me right now. Certain aspects from Tarantino don't work for me. Usually, Martin Scorsese his films do work for me. Um, but you know, we had uh, some bonehead comments, um, and you know, normally I would say like a lot of people, 
who cares? You know, Marty's giving his opinion on friggin' comic book films, and it's not really that much to think about. And he just said that they're more spectacle than anything. This is based off his first quote. And I kind of was like, I threw it off, and it was like, all right, whatever, you know. Old man, get off my lawn. Very weird and uh, unique since, like I said, he helped Todd Phillips get the fucking movie to Warner Brothers that he's displaying his disdain for. I don't even know if he said Marvel movies. I know that Francis Ford Coppola said Marvel movies, but I thought it was just all comic movies in general at Marty. Um, and he decides to do this while that movie is out that's obviously inspired by, you know, uh, things of comedy. And very much Taxi Driver, two of Martin's films, very directed visually. Todd Phillips took a lot from those films. So that's that's weird. But it wasn't that. It was saying that the second time, doubling down and being not in, a, in an interview, but more at some type of um, – what are they called? Uh, you know, media scrums where, the, where he's on stage at a, uh, a press conference. Not a press conference. I can't remember what they're called. I've gone to comic cons and stuff like that, and I still it's, – it's going to come to me in a little while. But um, – you know, he was asked, and he basically doubled down and said that they were unwanted invaders in cinema and that the movie companies themselves should try to get them shut down. Ugh. All right. Like I said, I have a lot of respect for this director. But you could tell in his original thoughts, he hasn't seen many of these movies, if that many at all. There's a good chance... That Martin Scorsese doesn't know the difference between Batman Forever and fucking Logan. And there's a good chance he doesn't want to learn the difference at all. Maybe he has seen Logan. Maybe he's just going off the MCU films. But really, to be that blunt and arrogant almost in a way about just disregarding all of them, all the films, even if you're just talking about just secluding the MCU films, I think that's not fair. I know that James Gunn has been very vocal because he considers Martin Scorsese one of his favorite, you know, directors and trying to say what is and what is not cinema. It's just very unappealing. Uh, he brought up the fact that, like Francis Ford Coppola, which I'm going to be talking about in a second, gangster films for a while was considered, like, you know, despicable to Hollywood. And, you know, there was a time period where Steven Spielberg, George Lucas, and James Cameron were criticized, criticized by their peers. Spielberg, because he was making those damn tentpole films like Jaws and The Rangers of the Lost Ark. And the, uh, Steven Spielberg now goes and is probably arguably the most versatile director of all time, being able to take any genre of film, whether it be comedy, elements, uh, action, you know, straight family movie to a historical think piece to a sci-fi fucking adventure. He can do it all. George Lucas is probably one of the most brilliant minds up there with Guillermo del Toro as far as creating worlds in his head and being able to visually put them out there. James Cameron has taken off the technology level with doing, you know, starting off with Terminator and then doing Aliens and going up a notch and then doing The Abyss and going up a notch. Titanic and, and evolving filmmaking. But since all of them chose to do what's quote-unquote tentpole films, box office film, 
They were criticized by their peers. Now, not necessarily Francis and Marty, but they were. And that's very abundant and very, very clear, I mean, throughout the past. So the company of the MCU that has taken the age technology, uh, the Benjamin Button technology of being able to get actors looking younger, not the best job, but really crafted it with Disney, basically, is the same fucking technology that Martin's using to make his masterpiece, The Irishman, which I'm very happy about. Just seems a bit weird. Not only that, but, you know, we got to make sure that we, we keep them out of theaters. You kick those fucking movies out of theaters, your theaters are just going to crumble. <laughs> I hate to tell you that they're, they're holding them up, but they are. You are on the precipice of being able to take it to a different direction now and being able to go to Netflix to provide this and also be able to air in theaters and have your cake and eat it. I don't understand this concept that people think that the, the quote-unquote good movies get erased because of the comic book movies. I think that's really absent-minded and just kind of silly, not based off a lot. I mean, like I said, the comic book movies are funding the fucking movie theaters. They're the ones that are getting people to come see it, and hopefully they see your poster and end up going to it. I mean, that's just how it is. That's how people see movies. There are people like me that like a more in-depth movie, like a Joker and a Logan, but whatever. Um, and then there are people that just want to have fun and, and shut off their brain and just enjoy the spectacle. And I can agree that's a theme park. But then for Francis Ford Coppola to come to Marty's aid and say that they're non-inspirational, all comic book films, especially MCU films, are non-inspirational, and they're despicable. Despicable. Uh, I mean, my biggest thing, I'm not going to try to be a dick too much, but if you're telling me that... How's the wording for this? That Captain EO with Michael Jackson was an amazing piece of cinema that we should have learned something from. From fucking Francis Ford Coppola or Jack. Well, Jack actually has a good message at the end of it. But those movies are much more softer in concept. Hugo from Martin Scorsese was much more softer in concept from what they're criticizing. Is all I'm trying to say. Now, don't get me wrong, Francis Ford Coppola, Apocalypse Now, Godfather 1 and 2, Bram Stoker's Dracula, Godfather 3, you know, but I know a lot of people don't like it as much as the first two. But seriously, Godfather 1 and 2 might be two of the best films ever made, period. Scorsese's got fucking so many films. My favorite film, Goodfellas, Casino, Mean Streets, uh, Raging Bull, Kings of Comedy, um, Taxi Driver, you know, I'm saying those for a reason. They have lots of films that are incredible, and they're two of my favorite directors of all time, especially Martin. I just think that the way that they went about it doesn't make a lot of sense. It comes off like sour grapes. It comes off like get off my lawn, uh, old man shit. And it's also maybe not so much for Francis Ford Coppola, who wanted to get his stance on the matter when he was asked about it. But Martin Scorsese, it's very, you know, good news is, Get, uh, bad publicity is good publicity, basically. So it's it's very interesting that right on the, you know, the Irishman, which borrows technology that the MCU really developed, uh, and their main actor is in Joker with Robert De Niro, 
it just it just, it's just funny that when he's making this movie, he's got to make all these comments and become relevant within the media again, which he doesn't need any of the shit to be relevant. I wish you would know that. And it does seem like somewhat of a publicity stunt on his end. And uh, that's unfortunate. And I think that Natalie Portman, Mark Ruffalo, a lot of people, Samuel Jackson, have said what they have to say. And no one gets to t- say what is and what is not art. That's not how it fucking works. That's all under interpretation of the eye holder within what the fuck they're looking at. So that's how I feel about it. I, I think it sucks. And it kind of positions me into my next contradictory uh, concept, if you will, that I wanted to go into before we get out of here. Um, and like I said, I love Martin Scorsese. I love Francis Ford Coppola. I wish that they would look over the overall picture when it comes to stuff, but I get it. They're kind of stuck in their ways, and I think they're a bit better about stuff. I mean, the MCU films, I think, have gross more than both of them with all their movies combined. Obviously, money doesn't make quality, but I think they were to go and watch you know, uh, any any of the Russo brothers led MCU films. They would they would find compelling stuff within the storytelling. Black Panther, um, Logan, um, obviously Joker. I don't know if they would like Deadpool, but you know it's it's definitely a different style film, if you will. The Dark Knight trilogy from Christopher Nolan. I mean, there are films that have really. It just sucks because every time we get these movies that are excellent. You even have like a Robert Downey Jr. It's like, well, I guess I didn't do that great of a job. Who told Marvel, don't campaign me for the Oscars. I don't feel like dealing with fucking people just ripping me in half for it being a comp film. That sucks. I mean, a performance should be a performance. And taking something to another level should be taking something to a different level. That should be the main purpose of the Oscars. Not adhering to, oh, we got to make sure it's a, it's a period piece or, or some type of dramatic life-changing event for a kid. You know, I mean, it's just like film should be fucking film, and film is subjective, and there is a lot of bad film to many standards. But to flip this, to kind of poke fun at myself, I had a coworker, you know, two coworkers that were trying to have a conversation with me and tell me to go watch Hustle and Flow on Netflix. And I told them, no. <laughs> uh I just said that I thought it was ridiculous in concept. And I'll have an episode where I talk to probably my buddy John Colina, who's a fellow musician. I'm a drummer. I've been in a couple bands, singer, musician. Um, I love a lot of different music, but I'm also very picky in particular on what I consider good art. So given to what we were just saying about Marty and, and Francis Ford Coppola, them their problem is I don't think they've tried to go out and look at stuff to get a good opinion on it. I think that they've kind of been like poo-poo and that's about it. And they've just built this complex. I think I've tried to like a lot of different music, but I think it's ridiculous. The concept of these fucking shows where you don't, whoever wins them, do they ever become big? Has anyone in any of these fucking audition shows for music besides Kelly Clarkson and a few others, Carrie Underwood, you know, has any of them become huge? No, they're usually a part of this, and then whatever happens, happens. I don't mind Americans Got Talent because it's more about a bunch of different producers and stuff like that trying to find, like, a Las Vegas act for you. That one gets a little bit of leeway, but The Voice, especially American Idol, I find to be a fucking joke. Some of the people that should be, that should be telling a singer that they can't or can 
that aren't that great of singers themselves is a fucking joke and a travesty. And I've heard Dave Grohl talk about this. If you have someone like a Bob Dylan, like this generation of Bob Dylan or Tom Waits, who doesn't have the most traditional voice and goes in there and gets told no, and then they don't make music, then we don't have that person. So just because they weren't the cookie cutter concept of a, of a, of a production label, they stopped doing that. And to me, how some flow, if the next fucking Tupac comes in there and Cardi B says, no, you're not good enough. I'm not going to be thinking of you while I'm getting fucked later on. I think it's a travesty. And sorry, I, I am, I am, uh, I am going in that position to go against her because I think the other two people on the show seem pretty, pretty good with, uh, with, with rap, with Ti. I forgot who the other gentleman is. Uh, Chance the rapper, and I like Ti a lot. But I just, I find these shows to be a bit just, just going really hand in hand with the commercialism that has, be, that has taken over the music industry. How it's funny that the Oscars really go a part of being like the more artsy stuff that they give the awards to really the refined art. But now the Grammys, if you're fucking on the billboards, that's the biggest thing. If you make the best music videos, that's the art. The American industry has gone to fucking shit. If you go to Britain, their pop artists are still fucking incredible. I mean, there is just a difference in the raw power of Adele and her songwriting ability compared to a lot of the pop artists over here. And don't get me wrong, I love Bruno Mars. Um, I I like a, a, a different pop artist that have popped up here and there. There was that, that one girl, Lizzo. Is it Lizzo? I My, my brother showed me her, and I, I listened to her whole album. I thought it was great. I think it's Lizzo. It ain't my fault. You know, that, that song. Um, I, I dig stuff like that. I just wish that the commercial stuff wasn't completely just over. You know, when I, when I thought, when, when Black Keys are on Joe Rogan, they're saying like how they were completely limited while they were running with Warner Brothers and that they're done with being a part of a major label and that a lot of their stuff they felt was tamed down. They couldn't do as much and how there's artists that we like that we wouldn't believe have albums that were unreleased because the studio couldn't find a hit single on there. So artists that a lot of musicians respect and big musicians in general in the industry have full albums that the studios own that they won't release. Probably like when they pass away, they'll be like, oh, look what we found in the vault. You know, some bullshit like that, but that's just how we are. You know, King of Leon's a good example. Their, their lead, uh, Jared, uh, I think is the lead, or the rhythm guitarist, lead singer. He's gone through fucking problems, man, uh, with that band. And, I, and a lot of it has been stemmed from how they went from being this fucking awesome indie rock band with, I think, two or three badass albums, especially their first one, much more rock-inspired, and then they got signed, and then they make you somebody, and that's all people want them to do is make shit like that. Um Coed and Cambria, another band that I love. Uh, when they cut off the label, they were like, fuck this, we're going back to basics. We've made enough money to be able to do this ourselves. We don't need this shit. We want to make albums that we want to make, not albums that they want us to make. We want to uh, hone in on our sound, not make their sound. Um, Foo Fighters is a good example of that, too. I just find it really atrocious that we're you know, going with these concepts that have been put in front of us of what's supposed to be good 
And it's really gotten to the point where what's quote unquote good is McDonald's instead of going home and getting a home cooked meal. Like that's the better equivalent is, is eating McDonald's and getting this fucking cheeseburger that, I mean, it satisfies you, but then you're hungry afterwards and it does a hell of a lot more damage to your body after too. Maybe I'm being a bit overdramatic. I just think it's a bit ridiculous how we have allowed the industry to progress the way it is. So, I mean, like watching Wu-Tang, um, American Saga, seeing what Rizzo went through in the 90s before Wu-Tang Clan was formed and him getting fucked over by the label and trying to be positioned as his pop person and got rid of his creativity of of, uh, writing the lyrics or even fucking producing it himself. I mean, it's been going on for a very long time, but it used to be where the studio would work with the art and that would make people more intelligent by getting this type of music. And now it's kind of like, like any corporate company. I mean, if it makes money, it makes money. But I feel personally, and maybe I'm being a little bit of Martin Scorsese, Francis Ford Coppola-ish, I feel like the fucking artistry is completely sucked dry out of everything. And I think that sucks. I think it sucks that we have to go out of our way to find good stuff. Um, but, you know, you do have your Ed Sheeran's, you do have your... your uh, your um, Bruno Mars, you know, in country, you, you still have your Zach Browns, your Chris Stapletons. In rock, you still have bands that are trying to make albums and kick ass. And uh, like I said, I just wish that it wasn't like that. And I'm not going to watch fucking Hustle and Flow so I can watch some mediocre trash version of fucking Nicki Minaj wannabe uh, just tell someone that they're not good enough and let her be something that could transition someone that could potentially be the next big L for all fucking we know. Uh, And they just give it up because that fucking person did it. Quit making stupid people famous people. Jesus Christ. Between the Kardashians, fucking Jersey Shore, Catch Me Outside Girl Heard's making an album. Fucking great. Both those stupid blonde twits, Tony, and uh, I've got the Canadian one who likes to perk out her cleavage and then make comments about, you know, African-Americans or, or mental disorders. I figure out it's not even worth to, to remember. All those people suck. PewDiePie, Logan fucking Paul, quit making stupid people famous. And I will be much happier with my existence if we do that. Let's work together, guys. Let's stop giving these idiots money. <sighs> All right. I'm going to get so much hate from people that are big fans of Cardi B, but I just don't give a shit. She's fine as a, as a rapper. I'll say that she's, but I mean, I'm used to nineties rap. I'm used to Fox Brown, MC light and the Brad and Lil Kim. And I swear to God, Queen Latifah, especially how she was positioned in the nineties would look at Cardi B up and down and just shake her fucking head. And Nicki Minaj is circles more talented fucking around that trash whatever Ugh, I don't know anyways so give me the hate Twitter Dane Alves you can find me um, and if you're a long time listener you know why that joke's kind of funny alright guys well uh, I think that that's uh, that's pretty much it for now you know we're going to be back if there's something big that happens next Monday I'll get a show going either 6 or 7 um, I'm trying to prep myself for Monday Night Raw, and hopefully it doesn't suck like it usually does. What are you going to do? 
Uh, at least I got Wednesdays <laughs> and Tuesdays, actually. Tomorrow's going to be interesting if you're a wrestling fan. Because you have a chance of watching an hour at 6 of NWA Power, 7 of AEW Dark, which Taz is hosting it this week. That should be cool. And 8 o'clock Impact starts. Brand new on Access and on Twitch. So that's the Tuesday night, wrestling night. Wrestling's just all over the place. And I get to watch the one version of it that's probably going to make me pass out uh, from boredom. Hopefully that doesn't happen. I have no idea. Either way, thank you guys so much for listening. Like I said, next week we might have a show. Most likely it's still biweekly, so you'll hear me in two weeks for Monday Suck. And, uh, yeah. And that's the bottom line. So, like I said, go to geekvibesnation.com. There you can find articles for all of our news items, uh, for comics, comic book movies, wrestling, you know, pretty much anything geeky. Uh, links to our Instagram, our Twitter, and our Facebook at geekvibesnation.com. And then any of our audio options. There's blog talk if you want to listen live. Um, when we post the shows on those social platforms, you can listen to them at those times off blog talk. Or go to Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, uh, and iTunes, all at that website of geekvibesnation.com. Links to them. And just search Monday Suck. Um, I'm also doing Wrestling Geeks Alliance on Wednesdays and Saturdays. Or ne- oh. Thursdays and Saturdays now, so we can cover all the wrestling with my buddy Christopher Ray Patton. So check those out. And uh, thank you guys so much. Have a wonderful evening. And let the geek vibes be with you. Peace out, guys. And here we go. <laughs>